Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. And this is just based on polling a ton of people around the league for years about the quarterback position. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, unquestionably right now top five to six quarterbacks in the league in the eyes of the NFL. Lamar Jackson is not that. I'm talking like top five to six. Teams don't see him the way the media does. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, really now? Teams don't see Lamar Jackson as potentially a top five, top six quarterback. Jeremy Fowler earlier today on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max here on ESPN Honolulu and on ESPN2. It is off the bench. That's Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. That is, that's stunning. Um, you and I watch enough of football. Mm-hmm. You've played the game. I've watched it and have been an armchair quarterback all my life. I'm trying to think of what it is that an owner is thinking when that owner, unnamed, whoever, or yeah. a group of them, say, Lamar Jackson's in a top five, top six quarterback. If it's anything other than injuries, yeah, then I can't imagine what. So my only my only thought after hearing that is the hoops that teams have to jump through whenever they have him. Now, it doesn't have anything to do with contracts, doesn't have anything to do with him not being an agent, That's or not having an agent. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. He's not necessarily a plug-and-play quarterback right. under any kind of offensive scheme. You have to reinvent your offense and reinvent the scheme that you put on the field, the players you put around him, to complement his skill set. That's my only thought that they're coming from here. Because okay. when you look at what Baltimore had to do, Harbaugh completely scrapped the kind of offense they had with Flacco and reinvented themselves to support Lamar Jackson. So my thought is if you have any of the other top five guys, potentially they're plug and play. That's that's my thinking right there. Um, with an exception to Patrick Mahomes, because mm-hmm. it seems like Mahomes is tied to the play calling greatness of Andy Reid and so Eric Bieniemy. Th- that's exactly which right. will be interesting since Eric Bieniemy is no longer there. So yeah, we'll 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 see how that looks for Kansas City. Um but th- that's my frame of mind here Josh. Mm-hmm. Um but that's that's shocking cuz from a a, a skill set a guy who is unquestionably one of the most athletic, maybe the fastest guy on the field also any time they play football. The, the that you don't count him in the top five is crazy. See, I look at, at, at what you said differently, and I, and I know you're kind of trying to figure it out from their perspective. I look at saying, okay, he's a he's not a plug-and-play guy as a reason to say that he is a top five guy. Mm. Because if you can be successful, go to the playoffs, if you can win, if you can be dynamic, and teams, yes, you have to invest, hmm. but it's not like you're investing in the next. Oh, let's see. Uh, it's not like you're investing in the next Jamarcus Russell. You're investing in a winner. I get the injury part, but that's an investment into a top five guy that you don't make if he's not. Um, but maybe that's that's where this argument comes in. If a lot of these owners don't feel that way then they're not going to make that investment. Because Lamar Jackson at this point, if it's anybody who's willing to make a trade for him, that's an investment. 
That's an investment they have to choose whether they want to buy in or not. And that, that includes the Ravens, who have clearly, to Lamar's case, feels like um, he feels like they haven't made that clear investment in him. I almost look at quarterbacks like I look at cars. Mm-hmm. You you want something that's uh, going to start up every time, going to be dependable, uh, maybe a little bit of performance yeah. on, on that side of things. I feel like teams are kind of looking at Lamar as an exotic sports car right now that's been through the um, been through the shop a few times now. <laughs> okay. And they're not willing to make the financial decision on a, a Kelly Blue Book expensive sports car. Okay. That's the way I'm kind of looking at this right now where you might get a couple more years out of it, but where's the ROI on this situation? That's kind of the the feeling that I'm getting from ownership whenever you're you're whenever I hear comments like this where they don't know if it's quite worth the investment where Man, on on the other side of things, he is a proven winner. Mm-hmm. He's he's gotten him to the playoffs. He's an MVP quarterback. I, it, in some ways, you know, Josh, I'm I'm not a conspiracy theory guy at all. But Thank there, goodness. Th- there almost seems like there's maybe more to the story that we're not privy to here. I don't know what I would do if I was working with a conspiracy theory guy. <laughs> Uh, there, there, there might be days where all of a sudden I You'd hear start you spout. Your own I, I hear you spout off something that is so conspiracy esque. I might just like take this headset off and walk away. <laughs> Thank goodness, I have a level headed individual. Uh, I like living in reality. <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Now, this conversation is also very important because uh, Lamar Jackson does or does not have a top flight receiver or someone right. who was a top-flight receiver uh, to work with, and that is Odell Beckham Jr., because uh, his kid announced on social media, and I say his kid, uh, it was him with a picture of his his young kid in a uh, Baltimore Ravens jersey, uh, breaking the news that he is going to be with the Baltimore Ravens on a one-year $15 million deal. And so many things were flooding through my mind when, uh, when, 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 when that came out including the fact that Lamar was in on this. Lamar Jackson was in on trying to help get Odell Beckham Jr. there in Baltimore. And for a relationship that is supposedly so bad that, you know, Lamar has asked for a trade and is wanted out, um, it almost felt like I was seeing a light, a a very brief glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel that, hey, he might have, someone he wants to work with. Now, maybe he might be willing, if if the Ravens are willing to work with someone he wants, maybe he'd be willing to work with Baltimore a little bit more. Maybe Baltimore would be willing to work with him since he helped land him. That maybe there's some commonality that can be found in the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is now a Baltimore Raven. In, in story, Josh, there's something called a zag mm-hmm. where you go away from where things you felt w- were heading. This was absolutely a zag in this saga. Yeah, I did not foresee them landing a big-time current wide receiver um, with a big-time pull on social media, um, very marketable, and from a player-to-player perspective, very, very respected in the league. Right. Um, I also can't help but wonder is – Odell Beckham coming off of I think now a second knee injury worth fifteen million a year. Well, that was, that's part of what I was going to ask you next, but keep going. Um, but uh, 
it, it was certainly surprising thinking everything that's come out the last couple of weeks that we've talked about at length on this show about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, that relationship was rockier than something you'd see on Dr. Phil. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to, to say the least, it was brutal. I thought Lamar was for sure either on a different team or sitting out and playing hardball with them well into the regular season um, this coming fall. So this kind of changes the narrative big time for me where I could see them repairing uh, the losses very quickly. There are many narratives um, that I think come from this. One of them is that uh, people can make the claim fairly that Lamar Jackson has not had top flight level receivers to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say the tight end position. I, th- I think the tight end position has been just fine, but receivers running really good routes up the field. I don't, I don't know that he's had that. And I hear people saying, well, okay, finally he's got a top wide receiver that he can throw to. And I'm saying, well, hold up. You mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. What he's coming off of. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. has not played here recently. To call him a top-flight receiver at this point in his career is being rather generous. Um, and Set is out putting, a whole year. Yeah, and he's putting out a lot of hope that he could be that guy when I don't know that he really would be. I mean, you're you're basically saying you're asking this guy to, to go back to what he was maybe five years ago, maybe seven years ago, be that guy that um, – you know, with with the New York Giants, that was just a in, impossible person to go up against. Be that guy. I don't know that you're going to find that anymore. It's almost like signing Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, they've sat just about the same amount of time out from playing NFL football. Right. Um, maybe not the same level of mental health. Right. Right there. True. Um, don't want to throw too many stones in that direction. Gotcha. I, I really hope AB is getting the help that he needs. We all do. Um, however. I equate it to something like that where they're really throwing this guy a tremendous bone here mm-hmm. that uh, the rest of us are kind of wondering, man, was, was that willing? You're willing to pay this guy, but you're not willing to pay the quarterback that you staked your entire future on. It's it's puzzling, Josh. I don't really understand where Baltimore's coming from in all of this. Yeah, I mean, you have to feel like at the end of the day, um, is Lamar Jackson going to be throwing Odell Beckham Jr. the football is it going to be Tyler Huntley who's going to be throwing the football to Lamar Jackson? Is it going to be a rookie that they have been hinting that they might draft in the first round that might be throwing a football to Lamar Jackson? They're going to trade for someone else. I, I don't. I don't know that you are going to. Excuse me. If you are going to trade for somebody at this point, like who are you going to trade for at this point in time? I mean, unless you can sneak in the back door and work with the Green Bay Packers on an Aaron Rodgers trade. Oh my gosh. Um, what what are what are you going to get? Who are you legitimately going to go and and grab to be your quarterback? Man, I I don't see anybody that's worth it. Not in, go, not in comparison to Lamar. You want to go back and grab Joe Flacco? No chance. No, I I know there's no chance. That that's what I mean. It's that's that's kind of what you're left with. And if I'm not mistaken, Joe Flacco, um, well he's. A free agent now. He was with the New York Jets. He's a free agent again. To me, if I'm Baltimore, their best move is to repair the relationship with Lamar Yeah. at this point, especially if you have landed someone like Odell, and maybe they're already neck deep in repairing stuff with with Lamar. I've even seen you brought up uh, Lamar being involved in bringing Odell to the team. I, I, I saw a FaceTime between him and Odell Beckham, and so 
I'm sure he's been involved in this, and I, I doubt if they've landed him, they're not going to find a way to keep Lamar in Baltimore. I feel it, it feels like an, uh, an olive branch. That's mm, what it that's kind a of good feels word. like. And, and hopefully it leads to something, uh, something a lot bigger than that uh, going forward. It is off the bench here on ESPN, Honolulu, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco in the same room. Uh, for the first time in a while, yes, sir. Uh, it'll, it'll be like that uh, most of the week, actually, uh, exception for Wednesday. Uh, I got to be at, uh, at Beer Lab for uh, the extra innings with Rich Hill uh, coming up on Wednesday. It is, um, it, it is, it is weird. It is a little rare that I've got the resident golf guy, um, you know, in the room, and we didn't lead with the Masters. There's a reason for that. I, right. I wanted to kind of like dole out the time appropriately. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be three hours of the masters. So I kind of wanted to, you know, kind of space it out. We're going to talk with, uh, tell me about Andrew Feldman, who's coming up here in about, uh, 17 minutes. Yeah. Uh, good friend of mine, uh, former, uh, head professional at Oahu country club and longtime member of the Aloha section PGA, um, uh, group here in uh, on uh, the, the islands of Hawaii. Yeah. Wanted to just hear his perspective, um, not only on the masters, but, um, kind of the the ongoing live PGA uh, saga because um, some things definitely got stirred up after this past weekend at, at the Masters. Yeah, so we'll talk with Andrew coming up a little bit later on. There are a, a number of places I think we can end up going from from the Masters just from you know a the the championship you going to uh, to, to John Rahm and. You know, Brooks Kepka and, and whether, you know, hey, he's used to playing 54 holes now. What happened to the last 18? Um, you know, wh- whether you can factor any of that in, how you take that away. There's the Tiger conversation. Um, ty- th- this was really, really hard to watch. It went, it went in a good um, 24 hours from, actually less than that, from feeling really, really good that, Tiger made the cut to feeling really, really awful that Tiger looked like uh, a guy who just physically can't do it. Yeah. And um, it, it made me change my perspective on how I view him when it comes to, to, to some of these, um, you know, the, some of these big events that he's still participating in. And then there is the live part of the conversation. And, and I, you know, I know many times we have to get into some of the rough, if you will. We got to get into, nice. into, into some of the pine straw of the weeds. Uh, uh, yeah. And I think this is this is some of it. I don't I don't want to get too sports talky and get into that more than anything else. But I do think we have to spend a little bit of time on the aftermath of that and and what it represents. So big time. There's plenty of that to go around. Um, but coming up, we will focus on that final pairing. We will focus on the winner. Uh, we'll spend some time where uh, it's 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 pretty much appropriate uh, on uh, on on the top of the leaderboard there at Augusta National. That's coming up. Join Cole Malsoff for athletes. That's athletes with a capital eats. That's on our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com. Our first episodes got state basketball champs Pupu Sepolona and Shanson Revuelto of St. Louis and Cow Cow from Pioneer Saloon. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where people like banking. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu.
Hey, let's get an M. Dyer Global scoreboard in here, brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Top nine, uh, Baltimore's got a 5-1 lead on Oakland. Uh, meantime, the uh, Mets, a 3-0 lead on the San Diego Padres, bottom seven. Top eight, Braves two, Cincinnati uh, zero. Cubs up on the Seattle Mariners, 2-1. to one. That is in the bottom of inning number seven. Tampa Bay Rays win today. The Rays are 10-0. and 0. I don't care what you say about whether they've played nobodies or whatever. They're 10-0. Respect it. Uh, Colton Wong, by the way, uh, for the Mariners, a pinch hitter in their game against the Chicago Cubs. 2-1 to one Cubs leading. Uh, Wong, 1-1. One for one. He has raised his batting average to 107. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. All right. Uh, let's hit the Masters because um, while we weren't treated to one of the most fantastic finishes of all time, we were treated, and I thought Jim Nance um, hit it perfectly. It was it was short and sweet in his final call. John John Rum winning what he called the Masters Marathon or the Marathon Masters. Hmm. Um, you know, with how many holes they had to play on that final day, and I keep thinking of what they were saying with Brooks Kepka, how little he played up until um, you know the resumption of the third round on Sunday and the final round um, shortly after that. Um, to be able to deal with a totally different golf course on Sunday for, gosh, how many holes was it? Um, I want to say it was like 29 holes yeah. on on that day alone. And uh, 30. 30. It was 30 holes, yeah. That's because um, I think they were on the green on the on the seventh. They were yep. when when things got suspended. That's right. That's pretty. That's that's even more respectable of a way to finish and how strong John Rom finished than uh, than normally just you know just taking a win. I mean, the Marathon Masters is an accurate way to put it. Totally, and so many different variables were thrown at these guys throughout the week. Um, severe weather changes on Wednesday. It was in the. Uh, low 90s with 100% humidity. Right. And then two days later, dropping down south of 50 degrees with winds up over 20 miles per hour, um, which is a big reason why it knocked those trees over, Josh. Um, and so not only do you have uh, weather delays, you have suspension of play on two different days. Um, and they're trying to sandwich rounds on multiple days. And so we had the Majority, I, I would say majority of the third round to be played early on Sunday. Yeah. Quick little break. And then all of the fourth round on Sunday as well. It absolutely was a, a marathon. And credit to uh, to the folks there at Augusta that they were able to pull that off. Unbelievable. To get the course in top-notch condition. Uh, for, for those that did not see the video or pictures of the tree that fell down behind 16 in front of 17 tee box, the, the, the three trees that fell down are easily 60 feet tall. And they, they had to completely remove those from the premises. That that takes significant manpower, Josh, just to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, but then to keep the course in top-notch condition with weather, um, changing pins very, very quickly and making sure patrons are safe. Job well done across the board. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what, you know, the, the other thing the Masters does really well, um, the unintentional uh, storytelling. Yeah. It was Easter Sunday. It was um, you know, Seve Ballesteros. His birthday. His birthday. Um, and you have a Spaniard winning on Seve's birthday. Yep. 
and 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 a hero to to Rom. In fact, that unintentional. I mean, it, it seems like every year the Masters finds a story that ends up being told that you wouldn't expect being told, and th- and and this that's is also, one of them. That's also classic Jim Nance. It is. It to, is to to find something super minute uh-huh. and focus in on it, but it is really, really cool and special. Um, even the, the caddy bib number for John Rahm's <laughs> caddy four nine. was 4-9, which was the same date as yesterday, um, which you're wondering, what, what's the big deal? Well, it's also Seve Ballesteros' birthday. Yep. And weirdly enough, there's always been weird things happen whenever someone from Spain wins. Uh, the same exact thing happened for Sergio whenever he won his in 2017. Right. When um, uh, Jose Maria Olazabal won his first one, that was when Sergio competed first as an amateur right. and won low right. amateur that year. So it's almost like there's it's uh, a meta a metaphor when someone does well, another Spaniard, it's paving the way for another Spaniard to come later. So, um, that, that 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 just adds to the tradition unlike any other Josh and for us as patrons at home if you will it, it makes it more fun yeah it was it was pretty neat there you know it was kind of cool that that layer would be the last layer mm. that there were a lot of other layers I mean the, the tiger stuff kind of got pushed to the side for a little bit which which was good and was important because it allowed us to kind of focus on the golf at the end of the day yeah um, you know that he wasn't there hobbling through the final round and maybe taking some attention away from maybe where where some of the other tension was due uh, that, that that was good um, and it kind of pushed the live stuff to the side for a That's little right. bit which I think was was kind of good but we'll we'll get the uh, perspective of an Aloha Section PGA member. Yep. Uh, we'll do that coming up here on the other side. Uh, Sports Center update here as well. Got a lot of Major League Baseball going on in front of us. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. I have. Found someone who is a uh, who is not happy with Jim Nance over the weekend. Apparently, oh boy, yeah. Uh, apparently, I, I I didn't notice this. Um, texter from the seven two two said, "Just an aside, Jim Nance's pronunciation of Rams and Jose Maria's hometowns, as well as Junior's son's name, was abominable." And says, "In contrary to Nance, Steve was from." I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not gonna say because I don't know it. Um, but he uh, he basically says, and he calls himself a snob of the place. And I think his name is Richard. But uh, um, Nance yeah. spelled it out whenever Rom was on the 18th green. Uh huh. And, and it mentioned Sevi. I guess he said where Sevi was from was wrong. Uh, Sevi Ballesteros. <laughs> um, Whoever this guy is is just happy to hand out L's to Mister Nance. Uh, apparently. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I in his final call, right? Is that what you said? In his final, his his final call was simple, um, and I thought because it was so simple, it was actually pretty good. It was mm-hmm. one line. Uh, sometimes a lot of us, um, and I'm guilty. Of, well, I've 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 had one championship. No, I've had a couple of high school championship calls, but um, you know, sometimes you want to like you want to go line after line after line, or you want to figure out the amount of lines you put in in a championship sure. call. Yeah. And his last two, he's had two championship calls in a week. He had the the national basketball yep. championship, um, you know, with UConn. It was one line. It was simple. It was understated. 
and it worked. Mm-hmm. And then in in this one, um, it was one line right off of a putt. It was it was you know it's an anticlimactic finish, but it was simple. It was understated. It was good. Um, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I do. I don't. I don't know about the pronunciation. Um, I could uh, very well missed it, but uh, you know, I I would tend to give uh, Jim Nance the benefit of the doubt just because of you know it's 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 Jim Nance. Um, let's go to our hotline and uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Masters from someone locally who uh, I'm sure has paid a lot of attention. Hunter, uh, tell us who we've got here on our phone line. Got a longtime friend and uh, also longtime PGA Aloha section member, uh, Andrew Feldman, joining us on the show. Uh, Big Chief, welcome on board, my man. Yeah, how you doing, Hunter? Josh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Just uh, wanted to have you on, not only from, uh, you know, we, we don't nearly have enough golf talk on, on the radio here, <laughs> oh unfortunately. Boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wanted to bring someone on uh, and from an actual professional golf perspective here, Andrew. Uh, you know, I'm still going to be a career amateur, um, and so I don't really know what I'm talking about. But I want to bring someone who definitely does. What, what was your perspective watching, you know, three – live member um, participants placed in the top five uh, yesterday. What was kind of your, your perspective watching that? Well, I mean, those are some of the best players in the world that went to go play on the live tour. So it's not like they're going to fold up their tent and automatically uh, shark suit in a bundle. So, I mean, those three players are fantastic. Um, I was rooting for Kepka. I had Kepka at uh, 39 to one. Oh, mm. I was begging for him. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted Brooksy to win, but uh, didn't happen. Rom played beautifully, and what a what a what a great Masters! That was uh, that was an awesome awesome event. Great See, for golf. I, I I love hearing that because I mean I, I I mean I could care less about the thirty nine to one, but it's you a know, bad I, beat, Chief. Yeah, Sorry. I, I, I know, but <laughs> you know, but I I like hearing that you know you sound like someone who just wanted to appreciate good golf that. While a lot of the sport seems to be going along, like who's going to draw these lines, and and you know, you you, you got to be one way or the other. Yeah. That maybe there's actually more people than not, and and maybe it's because you're you're on the local level, and and uh, um, you can see things differently than maybe the corporate side of it. Um, that I think more people than not actually don't care about drawing those lines and just want to root for a golfer as compared to root for a tour. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a knee-jerk reaction. Everyone overreacting, especially the PGA Tour. Mm. Um, their, 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 their brand is going to be challenged, damaged, or lessened. They, they believe is their the perception that all these top players are going to play on the Live Tour. And possibly it might be diminished a little bit, but uh, having another tour is good for golf, and probably the you know I've heard you guys in discussion a little bit about the uh, antitrust labor laws. That's a huge thing. Um, uh, also about the world points, you know, getting getting points on the live tour, and that's that's a that's a tough thing relative to 54 whole events, small events, the number of players. So where the World Tour Association starts by awarding those uh, uh, world rank, ranking points is. That's a tough, you know, where do you start? You know, we had 80 players and, you know, you know, you had three of the top five at the Masters and you got mm-hmm. another dozen guys who were awesome players. So at some point they're going to have to get some points. And at some point the lawyers and the judges are going to decide 
um, the antitrust labor laws. So it's kind of a, I think, I think everyone's overreacted, and I think at some point the live players, the guys who had the ability to play on the tour, there'll be there'll be some reconciliation. It may not, it may take a few years, but mm. they'll, they'll, yeah. The thing is, the thing you feel bad for if a guy's playing really well on the live tour, and then he's not accumulating any points, so all of a sudden he's not playing in any of the majors. Now that will be. Um, that will be the, uh, a loss to the fans and to golf. Mm. You know, if, you know, say uh, 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 one of the uh, uh, players who kind of came in, uh, you know, at the at the uh, downset of his career, like a Pat Perez or a Kevin Na, yeah. and they catch fire, and all of a sudden, well, you know, they're, they're not playing in the PGA Championship or the British Open or any of that, and that would be too bad. You know what I mean? You know, Charles Howell all of a sudden learns how to putt, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, there's a there, there's a lot of those type of players that are on the live tour, and there's a lot of great uh, major champions on the live tour. So That's right. It's, you and know, it's, uh, you just you just hope that, that we're going to be able to see them compete in the major championships. Totally. You know, you mentioned, you know, it having an effect. You, you can't deny that Liv has had some effect on the PGA with them adding more designated events in this next year. Um, you know, you, yourself, you, you've been a part of uh, the PGA now for a while now, as well as having many friends that have played on tour. Um, what, what's your perspective with PGA making this move to designated events and kind of taking away the cut for a lot of these events now? Um, you know, I think it's a, a good thing. You know, I think Live is kind of the Live Tours pushed um, the PGA Tour to raise the purses and do other things relative to the way they're doing. Uh, uh, PGA Tour rookies now get a five hundred thousand dollar draw, so they're guaranteed five hundred thousand. So if you're a PGA Tour rookie and you only make three cuts, you're still going to make five hundred grand. And that's all things that are a byproduct wow. of, of uh, the initiatives that the that the Live Tour is. Uh, uh, started so there's a lot of positive things that have occurred um you know hopefully at some point live will expand their fields and go to 72 whole events mm. you know I, I you know so that they can get those world ranking points that would be my hope right and, yeah. you know we want to see some of these guys continue to play what what happens if brooks kepka you know, he doesn't let a major going forward. His exemptions into certain majors will lapse. You know, he hasn't won a British Open. He hasn't won a Masters. So, you know, we'll see. We'll continue to see him at a PGA Championship in the US for a Open. long time. For 10 years. For 10 years after his previous win. So, I mean, even that goes away at some point. And so, I think for the good of golf, there needs to be some reconciliation for the fans. So, um, you know, they're, uh, these players are in it to make money, and a lot of them made the choices that were the, for the best decision for them and their families. Like, look at Dustin Johnson. Yeah. You know, he's caught up. You know, he, he probably could have one or two more majors left in him, but, you know, they, they 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 gave him a pile of money, and that was in the best interest of him and his family. So you can't – I mean, you got to look at it, and and um, I, think it, I think it all worked out. It's just – you want at some point you want to make sure you have the best players in the world competing in those four events, 
Hopefully, uh, uh, we're talking with Andrew Friedman, a uh, longtime uh, law section. Uh, Feldman, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, my, my reading is not good. Uh, for a longtime law section PGA member uh, jo- joining us here. Hopefully, they don't have a contract where you, uh, you, you sign that draw and like to live. If you want to leave the tour, you've got to pay four times that uh, in, in yeah. order to get out of that contract. I, I think my, my last question for you is, you know, one of the things I've been seeing today post-Masters is um, – you know, Rory withdrawing from his next events. Yeah, heritage. Um, you know, Will Zalatoris withdraw, uh, withdrew from this weekend and uh, is going to have basically season-ending surgery. Uh, surgery. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been hearing today, and, and I don't know if you buy it, is this belief that with the new schedule that there's going to be a burnout for you know some of these guys who maybe are on the upper echelon of the tour. Um, do you see that at all? Well, I mean, the top players have always, have mostly always limited them to, say, 20 to 24 tournaments a year. And, um, you know, they're supposedly independent contractors. They pick and choose where they want to play. And and I, I think the PGA Tour is trying to um, maybe change or, 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 or uh, take a slight slant on that independent contract thing now because hmm. they know when they go into court, for anti-labor, for the labor trust laws, that there's going to be certain things that the lawyers are going to ask, hey, is this guy an independent contractor? And the more things they provide to the tour player, the less they become an independent contractor. So maybe that's also a knee-jerk reaction by them saying, wait, we, we need to start doing certain things. And I, 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 as they provide all these additional benefits and, and draws to the players, it seems that the less they seem to be an independent contractor and the PGA tour status is a nonprofit. I mean, just like the NCAA college. Yes. I mean, you go to the, the Sony open and probably 98, 97% of all the labor is volunteer labor. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's just like uh, NC2A football. You know, they play the coach, they don't pay the players. They got free labor. And so I, I'm sure the that 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 tax exempt status is also something that um, when Phil was going on his rant, and Phil was probably mostly right. It's just probably the way he said it, you know. Hmm. So yeah, it's one of those things. And certainly, you don't want to see the PGA Tours uh, uh, status or their brand diminished. That that, that that's not going to help any. Anyone you want to see them still be the, uh, uh, you know, the, the traditional golf tour, and who knows how long Liv will be here. You know, they they're not making money; they're just shelling out money, and uh, and to some extent, you can you can look at it from the perspective is it undermining the PGA Tour? And you know, you can you can argue probably a little bit both ways, but I think at the end of it, it's you know more high profile golf tournaments. That's kind of good for golf. Hopefully, they get some of these live events on on a on a on a better network that we're all watching, right? Well, they have to make sure too that they make those events feel like high priority events, uh, and and that usually takes time. Do they have the time to do that? I think is uh, is another question. Andrew Feldman, uh, longtime Aloha Section PGA member, great to get some uh, some local insight on mm-hmm. uh, on kind of what we've been seeing. By the way, uh, before I let you go, how many hours? Of golf, did you watch Saturday and Sunday? Uh, well, I golfed both Saturday and Sunday. And when I got through <laughs> golf on Saturday, it was uh, 
it was rain delayed already. They, the round had been canceled. And then I worked early in the morning Sunday and watched it a little bit and recorded it. But I was on my phone watching as uh, uh, Brooksy uh, uh, kind of threw up all over himself. He did. Uh, that was not good. I was, uh, we were playing golf and he went for a bundle, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, Andrew's a player first. I can I can tell. Yeah. Andrew, uh, good for me to meet you. Uh, of course, you and Hunter know each other pretty well. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Chief. Chief, bless you, man. Thank you. Andrew Feldman joining us, uh, all of our guests. I was thinking, Andrew, when I said Andrew Friedman earlier, I was thinking about the MLB executive for whatever reason. There you go. Uh, Andrew <laughs> Feldman joining us as all of our guests do, do uh, courtesy of our hotline. I have one other golf thing, minus Masters, yeah. uh, that we'll get to coming up here in just a second because there is an event coming up uh, this week. And it took me walking around yesterday to, to to remember or to kind of be told this event's happening. I'll, I'll explain that coming up in just a little bit. Um, if you want to check out Max Holloway, uh, he's going to be in action coming up on Saturday, mm -hmm. the uh, UFC event on uh, on ESPN. Uh, you can watch the Dave and Buster's with us, with you. That's right. You're going to be down there. The uh, Hunter Hughes and our team and KHON2 will be at that Dave and Buster's watch party Saturday, 2.30 p.m. You can see the uh, UFC lineup of fights at Dave and Buster's 40-foot wow wall. It's sponsored by KHON2, K-High, and ESPN Honolulu. Uh, it is off the bench. Josh Pacheco, Hunter Hughes, ESPN Honolulu. Coming up next hour, uh, we've got more on the Masters, including how hard it is now to watch Tiger. Um, mm. it, it, it's it's one thing to, to to root for someone and pull for someone and just kind of feel good about someone making history. It's another thing to watch someone struggle uh, on live television. And um, that was difficult. And, and we'll talk about that coming up in just a little while. Also, uh, Rudy Gobert. Uh, who may have single-handedly, no, I shouldn't say he single-handedly because he did not fracture his hand punching a wall, um, but he may have done his part to ensure that the Los Angeles Lakers get into the playoffs uh, when they play on Tuesday hmm. in the NBA, the uh, AT&T uh, NBA playing tournament, which gets underway tomorrow. By the way, we're off on Friday. We'll have the uh, playing tournament doubleheader. Uh, the two teams that will get into the tournament on Friday, uh, that will be determined. You'll hear it right here on ESPN Honolulu. But, um, you know, I, I was reminded of something. I was walking around Waikiki yesterday hmm. because, um, you know, we, we, we kind of kept it low-key for Easter. Um, you know, just there's just a lot of stuff going on. And, and frankly, I haven't really been home all that often. I've been traveling like every other week, so... Uh, we don't really, remind me. I know you've been gone, baby. I know. I don't. I don't ever see you. This is different. Um, you know, so we kind of kept it low key. And we were just like, all right, we're gonna go walk around Waikiki. And I, I was noticing, and I, I don't remember. I, I know when it was. Um, we were eating. You know that they have that new place. I don't know how new it is. Um, Kith K I T H okay. is the brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They have. I uh, always think of Mike Tyson saying "kiss." Oh. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Every time I try to sound that out in my head, I think of Mike Tyson saying the word kiss. <laughs> Kith. Uh, 
<laughs> and Josh has been derailed. Uh, yeah, that totally that that threw me to the side. Um, so there's this place that um, they sell clothing, but then on the side they have like a, a, a snacks. Yeah, yeah. The and they have the cereal bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, all right, let's just treat ourselves to a snack. So. Um, we had snacks from the cereal bar. Um, I had a milkshake that had Fruity Pebbles, Captain Crunch, and Oreo pieces in it. Very, very good. But as I was sitting there on the uh, benches that are actually boxes of cereal that are carved into those benches, I happened to notice something out of the corner of my eye, and that is the, the, the street poles or the light poles in Waikiki had signage for the lote. Yeah. Um, and that's coming up Wednesday through Saturday. This week. Um, we're actually working on getting a golfer uh, potentially tomorrow. Awesome. So uh, we're, we're working on that. I'm, I'm talking to the LPGA team who's here on site to, to try to make some of that happen. We can't get the commissioner. She's booked. Uh, but we're going to get uh, hope to get one of the golfers uh, here on the show tomorrow. Nice. I was thinking to myself, I can remember in previous years that the Lote, and it's being played at Hoakale, yep. has gotten some good pub I've seen it on television. I've seen the commercials. I've seen a lot of advertisements for it. And, and granted, again, I haven't been here as often, um, so I haven't watched as much local TV as mm-hmm. maybe I've I've been used to. Um, but I don't recall seeing seeing a lot of advertisements for the Lote this year, yeah. as compared to me finding out or realizing for the first time while eating while while drinking a milkshake. That the Lotes this week. That's right. It feels like a really big miss. Uh, well, great to have the signage in Waikiki, but it seems like a big miss that maybe that tournament has not been promoted enough here locally for it being um, one of the few professional events that we have here in Hawaii, regardless of tour. Yeah, a friend of mine's actually caddying this week. Oh, and, sweet. And he was uh, reflecting on that same issue. With, oh, with really? Me. Okay. Um, just because he also has a he has a golf brand out here. Um, and does a lot of stuff with the Sony every uh-huh. year. And so was just reflecting with me the comparison from even the support from Hawaii Tourism Authority on Sony compared to something like the Lote. Mm. And that needing to maybe not getting to an equal level, but definitely deserving a little bit more help. I mean, these are the best players in the world are coming, and this is an LPGA event. Right. Um, now, from a golf perspective, Josh. Yeah, and we have about 30 seconds. Yep. I'm glad that it went back to Hawakale yeah. instead of Kapolei. Mm-hmm. Much, I agree. Much better venue for the tournament. Much tougher track for these girls, too. Yeah. It, it's just a better situation. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, you know, don't, I don't, I don't, the HTA discussion could get somewhat political because sure. there is, um, you know, there is a bill out there. There's two of them out there to defund it. And get rid of it entirely, mm. um, which is another issue that I think could affect the sports landscape when it comes to tourism, which I, I think we can get to at another point in time. But, um, yeah, this tournament and, and some of the golfers that have come through it, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, that, that tournament deserves a lot better. Uh, five seconds. Who's your friend catting for? Um, let me get back to you on the other <laughs> side of the break. Sports Center next. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Looking at Victor, he's the player who's worked so hard in a short game the last couple of years. He's able to get the ball up and in almost every single green he missed today. So he's got a lot of confidence in that now. Where two years ago, he didn't have much confidence in that short game at all. Now he can be even more aggressive with the iron play because he thinks he can get it up and in if he misses it. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. 
Some of the sights and sounds for the week in Augusta. Andy North, ESPN golf analyst, is certainly there uh, documenting the action. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM. By the way, later this week, uh, we've got tickets to Bellator 295. Ilima Malay McFarland, Kano Watanabe uh, is part of that card. Uh, we'll have tickets starting Wednesday right here on ESPN Fun. Honolulu. So stand by for that, not just on this show, but also uh, Sports Animals in the Morning with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. Chris is back from vacay on uh, on Wednesday, so uh, make sure you listen in for your chance to get to that car. We only have a limited amount of tickets. Uh, it is uh, that that's the event. The Friday one is the uh, the military appreciation where uh, military and families get in for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Saturday one is open to the general public, and we know that's going to be very much limited. So um, we'll we'll start giving those tickets away Wednesday. The event is a week from Saturday, so uh, make sure you check it out. Coming up. Uh, we'll turn our attention to the NBA, where one franchise may or may not have said, if we lose to the Lakers, fine. We've got some bigger things to deal with, um, based on a suspension that was announced earlier today yeah. by this team. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. Um, since we you know, went wall of sound, uh, old school style, yep. uh, with the Masters, I, I, I think... One of the unfortunate things about this weekend, um, it went from actually, you know, really cool to just really sour, I, I think, in, in a matter of hours. Yeah. You know, you had two historic cuts yeah. that were made. Tiger Woods, who looked like he wasn't going to make the cut until all of a sudden at the end of his round, the cut line slipped down to three over. And then uh, Freddie Couples, yep. who was the oldest player to make a cut. There at the Masters, that was pretty neat for him. But and granted, I saw more of it on on social media than I did maybe on television or on Masters dot com. It became harder to watch Tiger. Yeah, uh, and he ultimately withdrew uh, after making the cut. I think it was seven holes. He did. Yeah, me too. It's I I think for for some people. You want to be left with a really good image. Now, granted, Tiger Woods' image is not the most pristine as it is just thinking of stuff from his past sure. and, and whatever. But but if we're just simply focusing on golf and what he has done on the course, I think you want to be left with a really good image of what someone has done. And, and granted, golf gives us old timers that still play. Yep. Freddie Couples is leaving us with a really good image right now of making a cut and still performing well when he's playing on the PGA Tour champions. That's right. Um, I have I, I have had a really hard time going through all the videos that somehow you're able to see because you're not supposed to have your cell phones at Augusta National. That's right. The course. Anyway, um, of watching Tiger just looking like he can't walk. Yeah. Um, that does not look like a former number one that does not look like a guy who has you know set history on fire in professional golf that does not look like that it looks like a guy who frankly just doesn't belong there anymore and it's hard to say that because you root for him at the same time it feels like it should be mutual it it should be exclusive you can't root for the guy and still say he doesn't belong there anyway but watching that toward the end it looked like he didn't belong there i mean 
he still is the only guy that will make me hit the snooze button at 4 a.m. That's right. And get up and watch. That's right. And then two holes later wonder, why did I do this? <laughs> Because that's exactly what happened. Oh, is that really? You never exactly told me that what story. happened. Where he had multiple birdie looks in the first few holes and missed all of them. Huh, yeah. And I'm and I'm like, well, you're well, talking about Thursday. Yes. Well, what? Why did I do this to myself? And suffered in the consequences the next three days trying to make <laughs> up the rest that I lost. Um, you didn't tell me that story. Yeah. Um, now. This Masters was unique, Josh, and I'm bringing it up for the case of Tiger. Yes. It felt more like a British Open to me. Oh, okay. And the big the big reason there is you have to time your tee times luckily in the British Open. Weather over there always either comes in the morning or comes in the afternoon. Right. So depending on your draw, you either are early the first day or late. Or vice versa the next day because they flip the tee times on the second day before the cut. Very similar to this Masters. The weather did not come until um, it was early in the day on the first day and then late on the day on Friday. Yeah. And so Kepka, for instance, Kepka was late on Thursday, early on Friday, and tore it up. Guys that had vice versa tee times had a very difficult time, which is why you saw Tiger really struggling at the end of his second round. Justin Thomas um, and a few others that ended up dragging that cut line down a couple shots uh-huh. right there, which allowed Tiger to make that historic 23rd consecutive cut. Um, and then came the cold. And anytime you are injury prone like Tiger is, you're not going to fare well in cold and when i say cold it was in the 40s mm-hmm. with high wind and crazy downpour rain right i'm not wanting to play in that and i'm healthy right now let alone playing on one leg yeah i man i i'm thankful for his case that he called it quits when he did because it he's he's at a point in his career right now where he has to consider is this round worth it for the sake of the rest of my life which unfortunately is where we're at. Plantar fasciitis is uh, the the foot injury that forced Tiger out after making the cut. Um, plantar fasciitis does not sound like something you can just deal with antibiotics mm. to just you know have go away. And it's not. It doesn't sound like something you can just inject with a cortisone shot. No, um, that stuff stays with you. And I would hate. You know, the, the cold weather is a great point. Yeah. That this was from a, a, a tournament that would get into the 40s, and then you, know, you start, it's it's cold on Sunday morning, and then it ultimately gets into the 60s. I think may have dipped into the low 70s at one point because the weather was just a dramatic shift. Dramatic. Um, but even that, I mean, you still have to consider you play another tournament, and it, you could be playing in the Bahamas at 80 degrees all four days, but you still got to play all four days if you make the cut after the first couple of rounds. That's right. With plantar fasciitis. That's right. Um, I don't know that I can sit in front of my television and watch him limp around or barely even limp. I don't. I don't know that I can just stand that. I can if he's winning. Okay. If he finds a way to be in contention. And I think that's what he's willing to do. He's willing to put his body to the absolute limit for the chance to win. He's he's only three majors shy 
of getting Jack's record. And for the sake of physical pain, he's willing to go through that still chasing the record. Where Now, I get it. I, I, J- Josh is shaking his yeah. head all across the table right now. It It's hard to understand from a why would you put yourself through that. There, there's just a simple he wants to be the best. And I, I can't help but respect it. I, you know, I respect that. I respect the attitude. But mm. is there another way? You know, is there mm. another way? I mean, um, Tiger's ability way back when where he was driving past everybody. Yeah. I mean, his... Changing the game physically. Yes. Yeah. It, that came back to bite him. Um, I, I think of someone like... Um, uh, Jason Day crosses my mind, too. I mean, he's coming back from injuries and the like and 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 now that he's healthy or look again. at a guy like phil phil mm-hmm. getting second place of the masters right phil always equated his um his success to his flexibility tiger was more in the bulk route uh-huh he put on a lot more muscle um looked more like a bodybuilder than a golfer at different times in his career and phil is still able to play at a very very high level um, funny you brought up Jason Jay. Jason Day actually talked about this past PGA. Yeah. That Tiger, one of Tiger's screws in his leg from the repair actually punctured his skin. Right. Giving some insight as to what is going on hardware-wise under his leg that he has to kind of – he's like the bionic man now at yeah. this point. Yeah. I think of um, you know, outside of sports, I, I'm a Star Trek guy. Yeah, or so, Vader. Uh, um, Star, Star Wars, maybe. I think of Vader. I think of uh, Picard. I'm a Star Trek guy, okay. so I'm watching uh, Star Trek Picard. And, mm. and uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard is no longer a human. He's a synthetic uh, because well, he, he died. And, uh, and, and they created a synthetic version of him, and they were able to bring him back in a synthetic life form. Anyway, um, that's cool and all. I mean, again – I appreciate the the will to want to win that he's chasing, but Tiger's not thirty five. It's forty six, right? Yep. And at some point, like a lot, I think a lot of these guys. I, I'm sure you know Freddie Couples' name is is coming up way more than I ever thought I would bring up Freddie Couples' name on a on a radio show. Um, but I'm sure he's not playing the Masters and thinking. I mean, he wants to win, obviously, yep. but I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure that that he's going all out in order to win the Masters. I think he's going out there. He's enjoying his time. He's playing to compete, but he's not like, gosh, I gotta do everything I can with technology and so on and so forth because I gotta win another major. I mean, I'm sure he's just going out and being Freddie Couples. Yeah, it's, and just it's, playing the game nice and easy, and 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 getting through and being successful. It's an enjoyment thing. Also, yep. at 63, <laughs> it's one of the only PGA events that he can probably count on making the cut, right? And making some money, right? Let's just be be honest. Augusta has way more um, member course knowledge than probably any other course that the PGA goes through. Mm-hmm. And so someone like Fred can go out there and compete at a, at a high level still. Right. Um, yeah. And, and that, and the, the reason why I bring that up is okay. Tiger at some point you can't push yourself anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I know he's limiting his events. He's not playing as many events as he, as he used to. And, and we totally get that. And I, and I think you have to there, He's he's got something to prove for himself. The you know, three majors shy. Yep. 
He's got nothing to prove to me. Oh, me um, neither. In my mind, he's the best ever. Right. So you can compete, but many times as you get later in your career, you have to adjust the way that you try to compete. Hmm. You can't keep pushing your body like he did 20 years ago. He can't keep pushing his body and thinking he can outdrive guys half his age who are on tour as much as he's still hitting the ball fairly far. Um, you can't rely on that anymore. Like at some point, I, I kind of have to wonder what Tiger, when does your mindset not shift away from, I want to win these majors and I'm going to do whatever my body can physically do to be able to do it. But when does it become, you know what? I've got to figure out a way, but what I've been doing is not helping me. I'm a father. Um, you know, I've got a life outside of just playing on tour. I've got a body that has gone through more than you know what. War. What do I do that can be different? Yeah. That can be a little more calming on the body, but still be able to play, have a good time, and still find that competitive juice that can keep me, uh, you know, making cuts and being competitive on the course. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's shifted it these last year and a half, and he will now only play majors. Uh-huh. And that's fine. Yeah, four times a year, basically, with an exception of maybe a handful of others. So yeah. you're really only looking at maybe six to eight. You got, like, maybe pro- his own events. That's right, pro pro um, events in a year. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Um, but I think he's got to get to a point. If you're going to find yourself making a cut and then withdrawing because you can't, you know, you, you can't physically walk the course. Um, you know, he is. I, I do kind of struggle to say it, but for many people, Tiger still is the reason why they turn on their television. For you, like you said, he's the reason you woke up at four o'clock on Thursday to go put up Masters.com right. to go watch his featured group. For some people, they still don't resonate with John Rahm or Brooks Kepka or Scotty Scheffler or, or Jordan Spieth. Yep. They still resonate with one name. The casual golf fans still resonate with Tiger and maybe not with some of those other guys. Yep. But those casual fans are going to start moving away when they realize that guy they're watching is basically a hobbling golfer. Hmm. And that's that's that is difficult to keep your eye trained on to, and to call must-watch television because you feel like you're going to be rooting for something that is unfortunately because of his own limitations going to let you down. Mm. Um, whereas, when will be the, who will be that next guy? Who should be that next guy? How do you prop up that next guy that the casual fan that only watches majors says, I will turn on masters.com at 4 a.m., because I want to watch John Robb or I want to watch Colin Morikawa. I'm throwing out the names. Yeah. I think they're interesting, but I, I'm I maybe not I, I'm not the diehard. Yeah. But I'm not the casual either. I but, think it takes a, a shot at history for that to happen. Uh-huh. I think you need guys t- north of ten majors that Ooh. are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That are really trying to go after the all-time records here. Because that's the point of waking up that early, uh-huh. is the chance of saying, I watched history from the very first shot this week. That That's the hope. Um, so, now, I, I love the, the, where golf is at with the young talent. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they're just not at that 
all-time level just yet. Some guys could get there, um, but we've got a long way to go. And what that means when I hear you say that is, like you said, there's a way to go. Way and to go. this could get bumpy for golf. from a Because you need, for those major events, you, you care about ratings, you care about, you know, for, for the major networks, you, you need the advertising we've revenue. We've got shoes this, to fill. This could be a bumpy ride. That's right. For the next five years, maybe. Maybe, maybe more than that. There if you were, don't have that one dominant guy. There is an heir apparent in Rory. There was. And he, the wheels are, I wouldn't say falling off, but the dude is wildly inconsistent. It looked like Jordan Spieth was going to be an heir apparent at one point. That's right. Now, all of a sudden, you can't find his way to the top of the leaderboard more often than not. And we're reminded, it is a hard sport to win. It's extremely hard. But uh, that's what makes this these next few years oh so interesting, I think, uh, for this tour. We'll check on traffic coming up in just a little bit. Rudy Gobert and a guy who punched a wall and fractured his hand. Mid-game, no less. We finally got drama in the NBA, and it came on the final day of the regular season. It was about time. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu right now. Look at traffic. You know, it's really disconcerting. I just laughed during the break. And um, my watch, which would forever, I still haven't fixed, that um, uh, Siri just randomly, um, randomly starts transcribing what I say. She's always listening. Just on my screen said, ha, 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 ha. That is really creepy. Really, really creepy. Um, Could we trick it into like sending us free pizza or something? Well, that's going to be under on my card, so it'd be free for me. Well, we'll have to talk. Well, we need to have <laughs> at some point. We haven't done this yet. You know, this show was kind of brought into the fold with you know not a lot of fanfare from from outside. Just you know us really pushing it. We need a we need a show retreat day. Mm. So, um, you know, I'm I'm just throwing stuff to the wind at this point. Um, so yeah, let's get some pizza. Um, you got your coconut water. I do. Let's get some coconut water. I got my uh, my Mountain Dew, and uh, yeah, this show needs a retreat day. There we go. Um, I I think we could use that. Uh, reminder: NBA play-in tournament here on ESPN Honolulu. What we'll Friday's games? Uh, coverage at uh, one o'clock, and then Saturday, Game One of the Eastern Conference first round: Knicks and Cavs. Uh, coverage beginning Saturday, eleven thirty here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Rudy Gobert has basically opened up everything we need to know about how the T-Wolves think about their team. That's after traffic in Center. You know how to not, um, you know, show an authoritative side? Being in the middle of a game. You can keep the music up. This will go along with where I'm going with it. Don't call your teammate the B word Oof. while you're arguing in the huddle in the middle of a game. Don't do it. Because that's what we saw in Minnesota. Um uh, T-Wolves, uh, Rudy Gobert. I'll make the argument, punch. though, off of what you're just saying. Oh, okay. 
what Rudy Gobert did, and this is a good yeah. entry to what yeah. we're talking about, was a very B-word thing to do. Ah, uh, yes. Very B-word yes. thing. So you're saying it's on brand. Very much. <laughs> and I lived in France <laughs> for an entire year. Very on brand. I didn't know that's the brand you were going. Um, yeah. Uh, it's funny. We've talked so much about the NBA being at times so anti anti drama, anti climactic, and you know anti everything. It's like why is the why is the regular season so boring? Mm. And yet, how many fights did we get on Sunday of guys disagreeing with each other on their own team? What do we have? We had uh, the Plumlee. Clippers, yep, Plumlee. Plumley and Highland. Uh, we had the Timberwolves with theirs with Gobert, and then a separate incident with a t- with a Timberwolves player punching a wall, fracturing his hand. He's That's now smart. done for the year. That's smart. Um, you know, there was more drama in what was going on on teams' own benches than there were with playoffs. Than there was with playoff seating, which was phenomenal uh, for the NBA. And I say that in the most sarcastic terms. Uh, because it's like the NBA kind of had something finally for us to talk about that we could uh, uh, we could take into the postseason. And, of course, that's also not including the fact that the Dallas Mavericks were absolutely wiped out, uh, and the NBA is now going to investigate them right. for how they've handled their last few games. Punching a wall, Josh, is like tweeting after a breakup. You instantly regret it. <laughs> See, <laughs> what is that look? What? There, there is a look we got the in the room. It was a stare. <laughs> I don't know if it was toward me. I don't know if it was toward you, Hunter. I feel Hunter. like we've got a story that Tanner there, needs to there, tell there, us. There, there might be. Uh, it's a Twitter post from this weekend. From who? Okay. Who wrote the Twitter post? Context. We need it. Uh, we're, we usually don't bring Tanner in on the days that he hosts in the morning, but I just need I need some context. So, Tanner... Who wrote the Twitter post? Details. So there was I can't remember what his name is. Oh, but he's a Denver uh Denver Broncos guy. Okay. And he is this he's really weird. He's had like other weird tweets in the past. Russell but Wilson. randomly on Friday night, he just tweeted that he was like, I'm so sorry, but I must tell everyone that I've cheated on my wife. Oh no. And he was like being like really really in it and then he deleted everything and everyone was just like why did you just tweet that oh no <laughs> yeah yeah I, I have a um i have a possible not again not knowing i don't know i don't speak here from experience anything like that i have a um possible answer for that okay he didn't write that i oh you think he wrote that um Oh, really? It was Benjamin Albright. Yes, it was Benjamin Albright. Yeah, because he then tweeted subsequently where he was just saying, you know, it happened and you have to live with it. I I said what I said, and you all now have that opinion of me, and and I just have to live with it. It was like something like that. Benjamin Albright, by the way, works for KOA uh, Radio in Denver. He is a uh, NFL insider, Broncos insider. So not um, a player. He's a media guy. Correct. Correct. He's a media guy. I I am still going to go with my um, my theory that she had his access to his it. phone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm going with that because, um, and you know, not not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, you know, you do something wrong. 
um, you should probably expect a little bit of scorn and, uh, and and a little bit of repercussions from uh, from doing something wrong. Gonna do some time, my friend. Yeah, one um, way or another. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised that Benjamin just didn't delete his Twitter altogether after that. Um, but he's a media personality. He's got his brand. Um, so I, I'm sticking with that. I am sticking with um, the wife did it, and um, you know, at that point, did not care about your following of how many people. Uh, one hundred sixty-five thousand. Yeah, that's... This, this was a beautiful zag from where we opened up. Yeah, it was not expected. I love it. Um, yeah, uh, in fact, <laughs> just doing a search about it, <laughs> the New York Post wrote about it too. Oof. Yeah, it was a late night Twitter confession about uh, uh, inappropriate texts to an ex. Ouch. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, here, and I quote, We had a rocky go of it in spurts, but always pushed through. Some fights were my fault, some hers. She had trauma from her past about being left and abandoned, and that was a stressor at times, but understandably so. These, Actually, these you know what? The, these I'm are sorry. the texts? I'm, this, this is the tweet. This oh, is the tweet. You know what? Oh, my goodness. I'm gonna, based on that one tweet, I'm going to take that back. She would not write that. For him, he definitely wrote that. Oh my god! Um, so he must have been on some kind of a bender uh, the other night in order to uh, um, to write that. Because you know what's another way to really screw it up, right? Um, admit that you did something wrong, and then double down by saying, and I quote: "She had trauma from her past about being left slash abandoned." And that was a stressor at times, but understandably so, close quote. That's not for you to say on Twitter, my friend. That's not for you. And this is a media professional. Well, you can be a media professional on the radio. That doesn't mean you're a professional on social media. I'm just saying you're you're privy to talking about professional athletes blowing it on social media. Maybe, you know, take a lesson or two and don't. Man. That seems like a rookie move to me, Josh. It see it 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 sounds like he's made his way back to ninth grade. Ouch. Not handling a breakup well and then doing that. That's just not not something you do. Anyway, um I don't I don't know how we got there. But um going back to where we were, yeah, which was <laughs> the NBA and the drama that the NBA provides, which apparently now the drama the NBA provided on Sunday is not close to the drama that Benjamin Albright provided us on Twitter. That's right. Clearly. Uh, something else trumped the NBA. Go figure. Um, we had all this infighting, and what has it left us to? The the news today with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Rudy Gobert has been suspended a game. They play tomorrow night uh, in their playing game against the Los Angeles Lakers, and... They made the decision. They already got someone who's out because he fractured his hand. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert's not he's not even traveled with the team. Yeah. He's not gonna be with them. I mean I I applaud the fact that they didn't put trying to win ahead of trying to send a message. Um, given that they are gonna very much be shorthanded on 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 Tuesday, that they still took the action that they did. Um that's commendable, yeah. I, I think, from that team. We didn't see that from Alabama this year. True. Don't want to pick that low-hanging fruit. It was. Um, however, I respect when teams do this, that they care enough about 
their in-house culture, um, then put their guys out there with people who, you know, if each team usually has a code, um, most teams usually have their players sign it of this is what we are going to tolerate. This is what we're not going to tolerate. Uh-huh. And this clearly was one of those we're not going to tolerate it issues right here. In the middle of a game, punching one of your own teammates. I mean, come on, bro. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I, I don't care what was said or what was done on the court. Let's discuss it with our words, even if English is your second language. It's, um, you know, it's, what's interesting about it is that you know, Gobert was playing hurt. Yeah. He was being challenged to do the things that he's good at. And I guess he wasn't. And he was being challenged by a teammate to do that. And he took offense to that. And then some some naughty words came out. And that stuff is fine. I mean, you know, a, a lot of times you'll probably see that in a practice. You may not see that in a huddle in a game. Big time. But you'll see it That's in right. a practice. That's how captains and teammates hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Um there's nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe choice of words could be a little bit different, but there's nothing wrong with the challenge. There is something wrong with throwing a, re- a weak right hand yes. and throwing it across the huddle to try to connect with the other player. That's when it goes wrong. And then backing away afterwards, yeah. okay? If you're yeah. going to fight someone, fight them. Mm-hmm. Get after it. I mean, you're already on camera. You're already on camera. If that's what you're about, be about it. Uh-huh. He hit him and then kind of just yeah. slunk back away. Yeah. To which the entire bench erupted and then pushed him back. Um, but it wasn't like he was really going after the guy. It was a, a cheap little offhanded little, little punch. Jab. It was it was so weak, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know who didn't throw a jab? It was Jaden McDaniels. Mm. I mean, he might as well have just thrown a cross right into a wall. Uh, he fractured the third and fourth metacarpals of his right hand after punching that wall in the arena. That was smart. Yeah. You see, um, you have to also remember, and, and this is the byproduct of all of what's happening in that particular game. You kind of forget, you lose your mind for a moment that we're in contention. We're in contention. You have an opportunity to play your way in to the playoffs. Well, I still believe you're in the playoffs. If you're, you know, if, if you're there, um, it's you after, know, that it's in this week. Yes. I, I, the regular I, season ended this past weekend. Yeah, I, think I agree. You're, you're you're a playoff team, fringe, but you're a playoff team. You got to get your mind in check. It's a wild card game, essentially. Yes. Yeah. And if you're if you lose your mind so badly on something that's going on within your walls of your team, then that leads me to believe that that whole Gobert. Um, Kyle Anderson thing is not a one-off or maybe not between them, but in general that there are other pieces of accountability happening within that team that just boiled over because of all the high stakes on that last day and that you just lose your mind and go, oh, okay, good punch wall. Um, you know, without re- realizing you're an important part of that team. You're, you know, you can play defense. You're averaging 12 points a game. You're a good shooter. You're shooting at a 52% clip. Like, they need every piece of firepower they can have on that team before even knowing what was going to happen with Rudy Gobert. They need that against the Lakers team who's played better here the last month, and then you do that. They're essentially going in without two of their two of their starters now. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm liking the Lakers tomorrow. Yeah. 
Um, you know, this is also considering uh, as, as good as the Lakers have been in the last month, you hope that they don't get an old fogey moment tomorrow. And, um, you know, and, and, and Anthony Davis doesn't get hurt tomorrow, yeah. uh, which you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, but you know, I, I it goes back to what we talked about. I think the organization did the right thing. Is, is this team going to win a finals? No. No. T-Wolves aren't going to win a finals. Um, is winning a play-in game and getting into the field, uh, the, the, the field of eight, going to change your franchise's futures? draft position by a few by a few places maybe but ultimately not a ton so set the organizational tempo now if you lose you lose if you win Rudy Gobert comes back unless you really don't want him around and then you can keep him away but deal with what you can deal with now and live with it uh, we'll come back. Your text, your calls at 808-296-1420. Traffic right here. It's off the bench. ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center updates coming up in about 10 minutes. There is breaking news. The San Francisco Giants are not being shut out by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Thank you, Wilmer Flores for uh, saving the day after the Giants were down four to nothing after three and a half. And uh, Wilmer Flores decided to deposit one in the left center field seats and, uh, you know, make it feel like the Giants are actually playing a baseball game against their rival, the uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. That game, if you're wondering, is over on CBS 1500. Dodgers Giants will have all three games of that rivalry series uh, right there. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco off the bench. Uh, you as well. Via our text line at 808-296-1420, we were talking about uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves basically ejecting themselves from the NBA's play-in tournament before they even play in the NBA's play-in tournament. Uh, Texter from the 343 says, Lakers will beat the Timberwolves by 30 uh, tomorrow. I don't know that it's going to be that bad. See, (sighs) I have a... 30 is a lot. It is. Um, And we have to remind ourselves, this is not the number one seed Los Angeles Lakers. No. I would say Lakers I, – I think this storyline will write itself. I think they're going to cover. <laughs> well, well, what's the line? I'm not sure, but I think they're going to cover. Um, I, I think the Lakers will face a team that is um, – how would I put it? Um, they are invigorated by weeding out the noise and the distractions. Hmm. So they go in, they play better. It's a single-digit game, and then um, – the Lakers pull away and win by like 13. Uh, Lakers are eight point favorites eight uh, point against favorites. the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves uh, over under 231 and a half. Yeah, I got them covering that. Okay. And uh, of course, Minnesota still does have uh, their leading scorer in Anthony Edwards averaging just under 25 a game. So they don't, I don't think they have the firepower to beat them by 30, but I do think they have the firepower to beat them by 10. Um, but it will be a closer game than I think we probably are predicting here. Well, remember, uh, LeBron James uh, reminded everybody yesterday that he is the king. Yes. Uh, he had his uh, his crown um, celebration yesterday after hitting a big shot late against the uh, the Utah Jazz. Uh, did the crown shoop, right on the head. Um, apparently, some people were turned off by that. I don't I don't know. Well, Josh, you're 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 a lover of story of narrative. Uh, yes, I am. How many times in stories do you have a confident person needing to remind people that they're the king? 
Many times. Many times. It's a very common thing. Common thing for a confident king to remind people that oh, they yeah. are the king? That, you know, but usually in, in those medieval times, um, those kings that remind people who they are are also um, – they're probably, you know, uh, sending, uh, you know, the, the the lessers into the dungeon. Okay. Now, I'm thinking of Lord Farquhar, you know, from the movie Shrek. The, oh, whoa. <laughs> the four-foot-nothing. What? The four-foot-nothing little, <laughs> little king reminding people that out of a technicality, he, that it makes him king. That, that That's what I'm thinking of. So, yes. Whoa. Uh, we've had some interesting references today. That was the one I was not expecting. Yep. Lord Farquhar. I, I have yep. not seen a Shrek movie in a long time. For Farquhar. Thank you, Tanner. See, Lord I have Farquaad. not watched a Shrek movie in a long time, so don't expect me to rattle off Shrek characters except for Shrek and Donkey. There we go. Um, those are the only two I probably really could now. Lord Farquhar. Yep. The, the reason I'm bringing it up, I don't – think you need to remind people if you truly are the king of something you just okay. are uh, I, I i see where you're coming from with it i do and he's coming off of injury they're not the best team right now if they were dominant if they were the number one team in the west coming into right now i could see something like yeah okay i see you man they're they're barely kind of squeaking in right now in my uh-huh. mind they're in the play-in tournament, yeah, and they yeah. might lose. They they could. So to to me, these circumstances don't bode to, yes, okay, I get that you were the king, uh-huh. not the king right now. See, what I think it is, is it's, it's, it's like when old LeBron days, um, they would talk about how you'd have the on-off switch in the playoffs. Uh-huh kind of coast through and then once you get to the playoffs the odd switch this was like lebron putting on the crown and saying all right it's playoff time okay. we are in playoff mode i am the king in the reminder um and we are going to own the playoffs as a 17 um that's kind of what i got from it it's like it's it, it's like the next level mode i get that it's um, uh, initiating killer mode there you go now to his defense. Now, that would be more of a uh, Mortal Kombat reference than sure. a Shrek reference. That's right. Um, <laughs> anything that, that's available, I'm going after it. I do think yeah. I do think the king is one of the, the best nicknames in modern sports, though. Yeah. Just the, and the, the connection even with, with biblical references, too, with King James. It's, uh-huh. it's really fun. Uh, texter from the 780. MJ would never do that. Well, MJ was, ever, was never also the self-anointed king. Kobe would never do that. That's right. Kobe was also not a self-appointed king. He says, uh, only LeBron, LOL. That's right. That's why he's third on the list. That's exactly right. But you know what? Um, maybe he's looking a little bit differently. He's probably, he's right. They wouldn't. But, you know, that's his brand. So yep. LeBron, love him or hate him, was being on brand. Um, I can't necessarily fault him for being on brand. And... You know where I fall on that, being a Chicago boy. I'm going to, you know, probably to a fault, always uh, be on the Jordan side of things. Don't want to go down this rabbit hole, Josh. <laughs> I know you aren't uh, a big fan of these. I am not a fan I of know that whatsoever. Um, Thank you, Texter, for nearly getting us there. Um, it is uh, it is on brand for him and also kind of on brand to remind people that he's the king. Let's just be honest. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get back to uh, to the Masters. We, we've got to finish up on Tiger a little bit. And also, uh, 
the live versus PGA thing. We've done a really good job the first couple of hours of keeping ourselves from that line for yeah, the most part. Trying. We still have to discuss it. It's off the bench. Sports Center's coming up next. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. There's no defense of this, and Rudy, admittedly, can be a difficult teammate, right? Yeah. yeah we're going back to the whole Donovan Mitchell Gobert thing, like pre-COVID, the, there was tension there because Rudy, admittedly, like if Rudy's open for a lobby, doesn't get it, you're going to hear about it. If you blow a defensive rotation, you're going to hear about it. And there's a fine line between annoying the crap out of your teammates and trying to hold guys accountable and Rudy has struggled with that line. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. The voice you heard there of Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA reporter, mostly covers the Dallas Mavericks, but that was on the uh, Hoop Collective podcast, and he covers the league in general, and uh, obviously a lot of people are talking about that, and so it comes up uh, on the Hoop Collective podcast. We are also reminded... This is the same Rudy Gobert that basically led the NBA into shutting down. Remember that a couple of years ago when he was the one that went in and started like licking the microphones um, as uh, people were starting to be on edge because of uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic? Oh, yes. That same guy. I also do wonder, uh, with the uh, Timberwolves suspending him for tomorrow's game, do the Timberwolves believe they can win without him? I've been thinking of that hmm. because, I mean, you, you still have to play the game. You still have your best scorer out there. Um, but there is a reason why Rudy Gobert was traded away from Utah anyway. Um, do the T-Wolves, after all of this, think, you know what? We can beat the Lakers without him and without one of our better defenders who punched his, you know, punched the wall with his hands and fractured a couple of places. Do we think we can do this? Um Part of me has got to believe that you either you're reassuring everybody that you can or you believe that you can. I mean, you got to have that mindset, right? Yeah. That's that's interesting because, I mean, they're, they're essentially willing to suspend him for the sake of sending a message, sending a message, keeping their internal culture alive and, you know, the, the stake of, you know, their their team's front office, you know, brand, I, I would even say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're putting that before playing further into the playoffs if they can't win without him. So it's it's kind of an interesting question there, Josh, because, yeah, I, I haven't uh, – I'll admit I haven't followed Minnesota too closely. Understandably um, so. And outside of Carl Anthony Towns – I don't think they'd be making the same call if it happened with Carl Anthony Towns. I believe there is a reason why the Lakers are only an eight-point favorite. Eight sounds like a lot. I think in the NBA, it doesn't come off as a lot to me when there are when 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 scoring is at such a, an incredible high. Yeah, that eight is not a lot to me. Um, so I, you know, Lakers should win. They're at home. It's only three possessions. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced that the Lakers. I, you know, I would. I would be willing to put down my truck on uh, on the Lakers winning. I don't. I don't think I could do that. No, I. And I'm right there with you. They they have not been dominant to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, the best that they've looked honestly has been when LeBron's been hurt this last 
uh, you know, short little stint where they found something within themselves to resurge, to get into, I wouldn't say playoff contention, but in the play-in tournament right. um, and a chance to go further into the playoffs. But that they could wind up losing this game. Uh, absolutely, Josh. It would be a very on-brand thing for this team to lose that game tomorrow. I feel the same way. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. That's Hunter Hughes. Uh, I'm Josh Pacheco. All of our guests appear courtesy of our hotline. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll we'll go back to the NBA. Hmm. Uh, Luka Doncic, was he playing high road? Was he telling the truth when he basically really – he didn't really bite – when being asked about whether he wanted out of Dallas, uh, kind of like shrugged to report off and, and shrugged to question off. But uh, um, does he have a responsibility in this whole Dallas Mavericks saga of uh, whether they intentionally tanked? What does the star player have a responsibility to do at this point? We'll talk about that coming up uh, in just about 15 minutes. Last hour, we were talking about Tiger Woods, yeah. who... Made the cut for a record, what, 23rd year in a row? Uh, 23rd year, I shouldn't say year in a row, but 23rd time in a row. Masters in a row, At the Masters. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, ultimately could not uh, keep himself in the event because uh, of uh, his uh, plantar fasciitis yep. in his foot. And, you know, we were, we were talking last hour. I, I mentioned, look um, – this was hard. This is hard to watch, and I don't. I don't know that I could watch that. Um, that was really, really difficult. And um, it, it, you know, we, we got a couple texts on it that I that I wanted to get to. One one texter from the two two one who said, in his news conference, he refer he referenced he was three years away from the senior tour. Never would have heard that from this uh, from him this early on. And of course, um, when he can use a cart, uh, but. You know that is interesting. I, I I think we had a conversation a while ago. It might have been off air about whether we would ever see Tiger Woods playing in the PGA Tour Champions. And I think you said to me, no, because he can just play these four majors that he's qualified on, the Masters for Life, and all those other events that he can you know automatically qualify for because he's won them. Yeah. But he's talking about the senior tour, which is really, you know, seemingly unlike him. Has your mind changed at all on whether, you know, you could see him playing on the PGA Tour champions? See, I could see him doing that uh, just to keep his skills sharp mm-hmm. without putting the pressure on his legs. Okay. In between majors. He's going to be able to play in all four majors pretty much until the time he goes. virtually goes. Yeah. Physically, I know you didn't want to say it. It's it's hard to say. That's it's right. weird to say, but um, I think it, it it does score the point. But he he literally is one of probably only one guy. Um, not only because you're eligible to play in as a past champion mm-hmm. in these events, but someone like Tiger moves the needle so much that the U.S. Open only allows past champions up to ten years right. to still play, where they would make that exception for Tiger because. He's him. He's Tiger. Um, and so not only from a competitive standpoint, he'd be able to play competitive golf against guys that are good friends of his, that he played the majority of his time in the PGA Tour against, but it would sharpen his skills for the ones that truly matter, the PGA majors. Yeah. Which that is solely why he is hitting the snooze button on his alarm. <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the sole exist, the reason for his existence is to get to 19. Yeah. Man. 
I can't I can't see him playing in a champions event. A It'll BJ. be wild to see. I'm with you. I mean, I know he probably wouldn't play at Hualalai, the uh, the Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Hualalai, which is mm. the season opening event, which is usually for, you know, champions. Yeah. It's 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 kind of it's the so not the Sony, it's the century yeah. of the PGA Tour champions. It's the Kapalua. Right. Yep. But um Tiger never played here either. Never played in the Sony. No, um, I don't think he played at the at what was now the Century Tur- Tournament of Champions and what was previous. I don't think he played on Maui, right? He actually, oh, he oh he did early on. Okay, early on, uh, but then kind of sat it out. Yeah, towards the rest of his career. See, I I don't know how many events on the PGA Tour Champions that he would consider events that he'd say, yeah, I'd I'd you know I I'd go and play that. You know, I don't because a lot of those aren't of the same kind of standard, um, you know, of, of where a lot of those PGA Tour events are. Yeah, certainly not at the the prowess or prestige right. Right. as the other ones. Because I don't, I wouldn't, I couldn't see him playing. Let's say um, the in the at the Woodlands at the Insperity Invitational, at the Woodlands, Texas. Hmm. You know, I, I I couldn't see that or the. You know, Mitsubishi Electric Classic at TPC Sugarloaf in, uh, in in Duluth, Georgia. You know, I think for these guys, financially, they don't need any more money. True. They're, they're all going to be well set, mm-hmm. generationally yeah. set. Uh, I think it's just the opportunity to go out and compete against guys that you've competed with and right. against your entire career. That I'm kind of with you, Josh. It would be it would be shocking to see him go out there. Um but I could see him playing like the Senior Open, very much. The Senior U.S. Open, the U.S. Senior Open, which is uh, in in Wisconsin. The Senior Opens at Royal Porthcall in uh, Bridgend in Wales. That's right. Basically, uh, the Senior British Open. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I could I could see him there. Makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I that but you'd have to play a couple events, and I'm looking at the schedule. The the, the schedule of the PGA Tour champions. Um, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Des Moines, Iowa, Endicott, New York, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, Akron, Ohio, uh, Snoqualmie, Washington. Um, where's a Florida event? I don't see. Oh, Jacksonville at the okay. uh, Constellation Furick and Friends. Uh, <laughs> Furick and Friends. Furick and Friends. It's a Furyk's um, event. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, the only other other one I could see is um, the, you know, there's a Pebble Beach Golf Links there in Monterey Peninsula in September that, you know, maybe you'd play in that. But I would also think, well, you've got to, you know, play in a couple. There's one in Orlando at the PNC. But I would I would think, again, um, you got to play a few more if you're going to qualify for some of those senior events, those That's senior right. majors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, what I, what I enjoy seeing it if it means – he takes a little bit off his game and, you know, it, it just seems a little more free and easy and less like just pounding the snot out of the golf ball because he wants to play like he's 25. Would I kind of enjoy that? I, I, I might. All right. Here's the question then. Okay. Are you more likely to watch Tiger Woods play in a Champions Tour event or tune into the CW and watch Live? I would be more likely to watch Tiger participate in the Me PGA too, Tour man. Event. Isn't that crazy? A little bit. Um, you know, and it's not a... When, from a talent perspective? Yeah. It's not even comparable. No. No. Um, 
it's not a thing against the limb. And I want to make sure that people don't take it as like, oh, Josh is going and towing this line or, or, or taking a hard stance on one tour. No, it's, you know, and, and I have a little bit of a slight because, you know, we had the, the PGA Tour champions on Hawaii Island. So I got to watch them for, for several yep, years yep. when they were at, at, at Hualalai and they were great. Um, Love that event. But they, you know, there are golfers that you would recognize on that tour no. that I think, um, you know, would, if you got to see them in person, um, or you remember them from way back when, you you might still be interested. On Hell Cabrera uh, is on that tour. Uh, you mentioned Furyk. Ernie you talked about Freddie Couples. I mean, heck, um, find me a Hooters. And John Daly is going to be at a nearby golf course. That's right. Uh, he's on that tour. His his photo, by the way. Oh yeah. Santa Claus. Oh, I know. That's that's Santa Claus. VJ Singh is still yeah. there. Ernie yeah. Els. Guys that were a big part of the story of golf for all through the 90s and the early 2000s. You right. Know? Right. I'd love to recreate a Rocco Mediate and, and Tiger Woods pairing. From 08. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Rocco's on that tour. So, yeah, I would I would watch PGA Tour champions. I, You know, this kind of brings the conversation up again about um, – you know, live being highlighted on, on the Masters broadcast, however you feel like it was, whether there was a slight or there wasn't a slight. I, I think you were telling me about watching 60 Minutes after, uh, well, it wasn't after here locally. It was after, I think, on the East Coast. But you were watching 60 Minutes later that evening and, and what they were talking about. Yeah, it's uh, they basically showcased um, sport uh, and also some other things going on over in the Middle East. Uh-huh. Um and without getting too graphic, they just showcased yeah. what is happening over there and what has been going down since, uh, ironically, the timeline of whenever Live has been going on. And uh, let's just say it's not good, Josh. Not good in the slightest. No. Um, no. And so the, the critique was definitely there from uh, CBS that uh, yeah, they're, they're not real big fans of, of that at all. And we remind ourselves, CBS News is a news division. That's right. Um, you know, very much does not operate on the same terms as, as CBS Sports. And I think we should also mention, um, you know, with the Masters... Um, CBS Sports produces it. CBS Sports does not pay in rights fees. Uh, the Masters pays the production costs. They also determine what time you're on television. That's right. Um, you know, there's there's some of the editorial stuff like the patrons instead of the gallery mm-hmm. and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, outside of the one line that I thought was great um, with, with Jim Nance saying, uh, um, you know, uh, Brooks Kepka going down the CW, the crosswalk. <laughs> Um, that was great. We should be, we should remind ourselves CBS does own about 12 and a half percent of the CW. <laughs> so yeah, um, the CW is owned by like several different networks and CBS is one of them. So they have a minority stake in that network and potentially a little bit of a vested interest then a little bit of a vested interest in live interesting a little bit. Um, let's finish, thickens. Let, let's finish this discussion on this because moving forward, needle moved, needle not moved. We'll talk about that uh, on the way here in a little bit. Uh, our good buddy Cole Malsoff uh, hosts a, a new cool video series. It's called Athletes. It's on our YouTube channel at ESPNHonolulu.com. The premise, uh, we've got some athletes that you might know, and we put some food in front of them, and then we talk story with them. 
for example, Pupu Sepulona and Shanson Revuelto uh, eating food from Pioneer Saloon. You may know those two. Um, they won state championships in basketball at St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you get to see them eating some good food, talking about a lot of different things. It's a lot of fun. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where people like banking. Traffic here. It's off the bench. GSP in Honolulu. We're always going to get text like this one. Texture from the 778. Keep it classy. Tiger Woods and the Lakers. Both losers. Oh, my gosh. Have a safe drive home. Texture from the 778. Um, and uh, hold your head up high after that text. Tough to be optimistic when you text things like that. Yeah. Just in life in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, a little unfortunate there. Uh, <laughs> it's off the bench here. Audi SP and Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Um, what did we take away between, you know, with, with Liv? Um, you know, Liv Tour is getting more conversation now after, you know, being that Brooks Kepka was, you know, right there. Yeah. Um, most of the Liv Tour golfers that were in the field made the cut. Uh, I think like three maybe didn't, but most of them did. Um, what did that do for the tour? So it seemed to me like the controversy or any kind of the drama between Liv and PGA is more tour level. Mm-hmm. And I'll use a reference from other sports, front office level, okay. Okay. than on a player-to-player level. Uh, players seemed cordial at best, um, not uh, throwing, you know, uh, language at each other or anything like that. They they played nice. Mm-hmm. Um, many pictures were were shot between Kepka and Rom in the final group because they were sitting together on many occasions <laughs> because Patrick Cantlay played for, very very slow in front of him, right? Um, at a snail's pace. But that's a different story for another time, Josh. Um, to me, it's kind of like they're moving on and. It became less about one tour or the other and who who were the, the better golfers th- this weekend. And so for me, watching guys like Phil Mickelson tear it up at the age yeah. of 52 was really fun. Um, as well as guys like Kepka, who we haven't seen in majors in a little while. And after that um, full swing documentary on Netflix, like wasn't in a great headspace or body place with his knee. And it's good for the game of golf when the best players and recognizable brands. We were talking about that before. Right. Whenever they play well, it bodes well for the game. And I'm, you know, I'm reminded too in in watching that. I wasn't watching and thinking Brooks Kepka, live tour golfer. No. Uh, John Rahm, PGA tour golfer. Right. I I was watching Brooks Kepka and John Rahm. That's right. You know, and uh, I think those who don't, you know, those who just watch golf because they love it, I think can. They can they can separate. Um, you know, tour from player. I did, you know, yeah. and it also it, it helped that Kepka was one of the few live guys out there that didn't have one of his um live sport right well, live, live team logos on his on his shirt. Phil did. Phil definitely did. Patrick Reed did. Uh, Sergio Garcia did, and so. But even that, if you didn't know any better, you would just think that was a business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a random Super Mario World logo on uh, exactly. on Phil Mickelson's or- shirt. Sports Center uh, coming up on the way. Traffic as well. It's ESPN Honolulu.
Final words uh, coming up in just a little bit. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Uh, great to have you aboard. Uh, we're watching this Dodgers-Giants game. It's over on CBS 1500 if you want to listen to it. We're already in the seventh. This game has gone an hour and 45 minutes, and we're playing in the seventh inning. Um, these games have become really, really fast. Really fast. Um, what is the average time? It's under 240, which is the fastest it's been, I think, since the, the 60s or the 40s. These games are wow. going really quick. Uh, so I, someone said, I, I, you know, you could, um, you, you could, in, in the old days, last year, um, you know, get to a game or turn on a game 20 minutes late and maybe you missed like one inning. That's right. Now you, you get in like 20 minutes late, you might have missed two. And that's a, a decent chunk of the game, the way it's it's kind of moving fast now. So it's a 5-1 game. Uh, Dodgers are ahead. That's on our sister station, CBS 1500, who will have all three games. We won't talk series. about that too much because Josh, of course, is a Giants fan. Um. Yeah, I, I can I can bring it up in uh, just strict newsworthy terms. <laughs> As it is, it is That's good. It, it is newsworthy. It uh, is. Do want to remind you, City Mills Power Tools sale event, uh, Power Tools sales event continues. And if you want to find out more about Dewalt professional grade power tools, the Dewalt Advantage, and how you can save with special pricing, uh, meet the Dewalt rep at the Hawaii Kai City Mill. That's coming up Friday. From uh, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You know that we haven't talked a lot about of today. The mm-hmm. aftermath of what we talked about on Friday, the Dallas Mavericks, who um, you know decided that they were going to go a different direction. It was weirdly openly talked about in the media yeah. um, that they were going to you know play Luka Doncic a quarter, and then Kyrie Irving wasn't going to play, and another guy was going to rest, and it was just an abomination of a team that still almost won. Uh, against uh, the Chicago Bulls on Friday. They just, you know, I think did what Mark Cuban wanted them to do. Hey, get a lead, then blow it. Um, they got wiped out on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and uh, the NBA on that that same weekend announced it was opening an investigation into the uh, the Dallas Mavericks' actions, um, you know, and, and how they've treated the last couple of games. I think we're going to see some kind of a punishment coming forward. But I'm looking at, at Luka Doncic for, for yep. a second. Yep. Um, normally when we talk about teams that might be tanking or we talk about teams that, um, you know, are, are, are looking to lose or not be as successful, they don't have a star player. They don't have a, um, you know, they are looking to get that star player down the road, but they don't have one now. Mm. These guys have two. Um, you know, more notably, um, you know, you have one who can play now in Luka Doncic, who was also, you know, hurt. Yeah. Um, it's a weird position to be in, and, I, and I'm kind of curious. You know, put yourself in Luka's shoes. You've got to go publicly, and you've got to talk about it. And he did say at one point that, you know, he didn't like it, but he, you know, also kind of said it's the organization's decision. He was asked... Um, you know, about his commitment to the team. And he said, and I quote, I'm happy here, so there's nothing to worry about, close quote. Um, he's also said previously he's been more frustrated than ever, um, you know, in that organization. Put yourself in Lucas' shoes. Yeah. How open are you? How guarded are you when sitting in front of the media and being asked about how you feel about that as a star player? 
Are you open if you're unhappy about it? Are you saying it or are you holding it back? I'm absolutely holding it back. Okay. I think with what has transpired just this last week, we have gotten to get a close-up look at how the Dallas Mavericks run as an organization, and that is basically at the the will and the pleasure of Mark Cuban. Uh-huh. Whatever he decides is going to happen. And as an owner, he is allowed to do that. I'm not critiquing it. Right. Um, from a from a player's perspective, though, you are not able to speak freely if you want to remain on that team, um, and that that's a that's a delicate thing right there that I wouldn't like to play under. Um, if a media guy is in my locker room asking me questions after the game, and you're telling me I can't speak freely. In an already vulnerable environment, that, that that's gonna that's gonna be tough to not feel like I have the trust from the organization right there because you want me to do my job, but you're keeping me from doing my job uh-huh. at the same point. Uh-huh. So, man, I can only imagine what that guy's going through and and probably feels um, muzzled right now to say to, to say the least, Josh. I will will take it a different turn, um, and I'll look from a bigger perspective of, of his his star power because you 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 kind of felt him straddling both lines, mm. um, you know. In in one sense, he's saying you know I didn't like it when he was told about it, and then in another sense, he's talking about how happy he is here. And we know previously and 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 fairly recently, um, you know, he wasn't happy, and he actually addressed that on Sunday, and he said that that frustration is quote normal. Uh, when a team is losing as often as as his team is. By the way, final two months of the year, Dallas was seven and eighteen. Wow, seven and eighteen. So with ba- Luca, basically since Kyrie came to the team, right? Yep. Luca said of the uh, of the decision, and I quote: "I didn't like that decision. That's it." Close quote. See, um, this is how I look at it. Um, if you're if you if you want to be in Dallas your entire career, Mark Cuban believes he does, then yeah, I think you do what you do and you kind of keep it to yourself. And if you're going to challenge it, um, pick your spots. Like what he did. I didn't like that decision. That's it. He picked his spot. He said it. He didn't expand on it. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He didn't trash anybody. You know, that's, that's all. But I think I know what the NBA wanted him to do. And I think I know what I would have wanted a star in the league to do is to denounce it um, because I think if you are a star player in the league, you shouldn't want to be associated with that. Hmm. Uh, you shouldn't want to be looked at as a player who is okay with being less than okay. Luca wants to be great. He's got he's really, 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 really good. I just would love love to see him work on his defense and you know, you know sharing the ball a little bit more and stuff like that. Sure, um, that's a dynamic that I think is going to keep him from taking that next level where he's kind of looked at as a ball hog and you know the whole Kyrie Irving thing where it's like if Kyrie can get a shot when the ball's not in Luca's hands, but at his caliber level, you shouldn't want to associate yourself with that. Um. If I were him, and we talked about this a little bit on Friday, that the players have all the power in this league now. Yeah. Uh, well, not all of it, but a good chunk of it. Big time. And you know that the commissioner of the league is going to be sympathetic 
to a player not trashing the league, but trashing the competitiveness or lack thereof of what he's a part of, I would be totally okay if Luka Doncic had gone and trashed it and said in that press conference, I'm not happy. I I would not be surprised if Luka Doncic uh, does want out and and does want to be traded to 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 distance himself totally. from that. And you know what? If I were Luka's agent, I would be advising him to do that. He can say he's happy and you can be happy, but you also have a bar to stand on with your talent. And his talent level is, while not at you know, the greatness level that everybody likes to put you down on, but it's still darn good. Absolutely. You deserve better than that. He's certainly top 10 in the league, yeah. if yeah. not top five, depending on who you're talking Current to. Current moment in the league, yes. Current moment. Yeah. Um, to me, this decision that came down from you know upper upper management affects the integrity of the game. Yes, absolutely. And from the NBA's perspective, hurts their brand uh-huh. when you've got teams that could potentially make a run here. You want them to be competitive. It helps everything. It helps them sell tickets. It helps TV. You're going to get better ratings on TV from a better product. Uh, fans are going to want more um, involvement on their end. Yeah. Um, I am. I'm kind of. I can see where you're coming from, Josh. I, that- I, I think if you're an agent, you have to tell Luca, Luca, this hurts your brand. Mm. A lot of players now. It's not just about whether you can whether you can put a double double up a game. It's about what your brand is. What is your brand? Who who is Luka Doncic? Who is LeBron James? Jason who Tatum. is Jason Tatum? Yeah. Um, you know your brand Giannis. and your your and, and Giannis and your marketability is so important. Right now, you are associated with a team that doesn't feel like it is good enough with you. That brings down your brand and frankly with Luca outside of his play I don't really associate Luca with much more outside of basketball I don't know what it is I don't know if that's a Luca thing or if that's something that people are still trying to figure out who he is that maybe it takes a little more time because he is still somewhat in his infancy of greatness um, but I don't know he's outside of basketball there's not much of a Luka Doncic footprint hmm. and this doesn't help your footprint outside of your game. All it shows is, hey, here's a star, but a team still wants to tank with him. That's right. And I, um, if I were a smart agent, I would sit him down and I'd say, Luca, do you really want this? Do you really want to associate yourself with this? And if you don't, then you've got the cards. You're a strong individual. Teams will want you, I think. Um, go ahead and force the issue. Request a trade. Put it out there. I'll leak it to Woj. A Woj bomb can come out as early as tomorrow. Um, but make your intentions known that this was not okay, and if Dallas tries to come out on it um, and try to throw you under the bus, you can come back and say with what you're okay with and what you're not okay with because, again, you hold the cards. You've got control. And if you don't play, then what? You're going to go back and play... Uh, play in Europe mm. and tear it up there, and then someone's going to want you back. I don't. I don't think it's that bad for him. Man, it's it's almost like Dallas is trying to repeat their same model of success that they had with Dirk. Mm-hmm. 
Luca is not the same player, but it's a similar skill set. Um, and they built a team around Dirk Nowitzki, and they were able to win a championship that way. I don't know if they've done their due diligence in creating a team. You know, signing Kyrie was not a good move. It was horrible. For a lot of reasons, but from just a chemistry perspective, really? You thought two off-the-ball scorers were going to be a good pairing for each other? Come on. That like to me that that did not seem wise in the slightest. Mark Cuban had blizzard brain freeze. Whew. If that went over your head, Mark Cuban, um, Dairy Queen, Dairy Queen. Um, if and if that still went over your head, Dairy Queen is a place that you can find in a mall ice that cream. sells ice cream. And they, I don't know blizzards. how many people go to malls all nowadays, and there aren't actually there aren't that many DQs here. Uh, the DQs on the mainland are different because they have like burgers and stuff. They and do. the DQs here have Orange Juliuses, and they just basically the only food they have is basically hot dogs or cake um, or cake. That's right, the ice cream cakes. They do make the cakes. Um, but uh, yeah, Mark Cuban. Dairy Queen, that's kind of where Mark Cuban um, built his empire, right? I think was, so. Was, was and he was Dairy a dot, Queen. He was a dot-com guy also. Oh, that too. That too. Yep. Um, Mark Cuban actually used to work at a Dairy Queen, I believe it was. Yeah. So, the Dairy Queen by Parker Ranch has sandwiches. That must have been new because I don't, I don't remember that way back when. But uh, uh, I should. That, that would have been back in 2018. Yeah, well, that's that's after I left, so that oh, must be okay. kind of new because huh. I don't I don't remember that way back when the DQ Orange Juliuses, but go to a, I have never been to a that's one thing I've never done on my mainland trips. I've been lo- this is going to sound just so dumb. I have not been to a, a mainland a a, a a continental U.S. Dairy Queen. Really? Yeah, um, that and an A and W. But I think the A and W's feel more like truck stop, um, uh, mm. truck stop locations, um, and, and the Dairy Queens. I just, I just haven't seen them because I would like to see if their food matches the quality of things like a um, a Blizzard because they have chicken and they have burgers and they have they have sandwiches. It's not like a really deep lineup, but they've got stuff that's not. You know, the only stuff that you see here. I would argue you probably haven't gone to the Midwest much. I've never been to the Midwest. There we go. That's the reason well, why I've you... Been, I've, yeah, I've been to the... I've, the farthest I've gone in my life is El Paso, Texas. Yes. That's the farthest if you east go, I've been. If you go any further east or any farther north from there, you're in the land of Dairy Queen and the land of A&Ws. And, I come and, from that and, land. And Zaxby's? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think I remember... Being in El Paso, Texas, because I think I engineered the Hawaii-New Mexico State game a couple of years ago. And what did what did I end up going for that was nearby the hotel? A Whataburger? Okay. But that's yep. also not a Midwest thing. That's something you could find. No, actually, no, Whataburger is. Whataburger is, a, a, I think, a Midwest slash South thing. South thing, yeah. I, I they're, have, they're in Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a, um, uh, a family member of mine lives in Houston. Okay. And so they have a Whataburger, and and, and she knows that I love sauces. Mm. Um, many times I have a, a, a sauce container in my fridge of sauces from like places that if they have like extra that I don't use, they're in there in case I I want them. Um, nice. But like almost every year, like clockwork, uh, 
Um, she sends me two sauces for for Christmas. Um, the Whataburger, uh, the, the the creamy, um, was it creamy garlic? I think it is, uh, mm. which is a really uh, really runny sauce. Do you have the Chick Fil A Polynesian sauce? In there? I had that. I mean, you yeah. can find you can find them here now. Now you can. Yeah, um, it's a Whataburger creamy pepper. Creamy pepper. The other one is Rudy's barbecue sauce. Ooh. Yeah, uh, I I put sauce on everything uh, because I just can't eat anything just plain. So yeah, every year, uh, Whataburger creamy pepper. Rudy's barbecue it it makes my it it makes my year or it makes the time that it is um you know a, a, a allowable to eat before the date on nice. the bottle. I like it. <laughs> uh it's off the bench you're on ESPN Honolulu. How on earth did we get there? Mark Cuban, Dairy Queen, Whataburger, Rudy's barbecue. Uh try connecting those dots. No other show will. That's I right. promise you. No other show will. Uh, we also connect that dot to Dave and Buster's because uh, you're going to be there on Saturday That's right. for the uh, UFC and Max Holloway watch party. Uh, starts at 2.30 p.m. and You can watch it on Dave and Buster's 40-foot wow wall. You can check out the entire main card, 2.30 to 5.30 p.m. at Dave and Buster's, sponsored by KHON2, High and ESPN Honolulu. Final words after traffic. It's ESPN Honolulu. You're off the bench. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, don't forget, City Mills Power Tool sales event continues. And if you want to find out more about DeWalt professional-grade power tools, the DeWalt Advantage, and how you can save with special pricing, meet the DeWalt rep at the Hawaii Kai City Mill uh, this Friday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Freddie and Fitzsimmons follows us. Uh, tomorrow morning, Tanner Hayworth is in for Chris Hart alongside Gary Dickman. Uh, with sports animals in the morning, and uh, we're on after Yankees baseball tomorrow. Yankees and uh, the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, that will be at 11.30 a.m. Kanoa's off because he's golfing in the Nakua Golf Tournament. Lucky. Yeah. Uh, Chris is off because he's golfing in the Nakua Tournament. Could we send the golfer to the Nakua Golf Tournament next year? Um. That is a conversation that goes above my pay grade. And represent the station, you know? That's, uh, like I said, conversation that goes above my pay grade. There we go. I think, you know, I know what it is. They want a chance at winning. They, if they should put me on the team. <laughs> that, that's right. I was thinking that you'd be on a different team. I don't, I don't know why I thought that. They should put me on the team. No, I actually know. <laughs> what I meant to say was... They don't want to be embarrassed by how good you are. No, we're how a team. Not good they are. We're a team. They, they get to glean. See, this is what happens as me, a non-golfer, tries to make sense of it all. It's all good, and their high handicap, I get to pull from their strokes, and they would get to use my ability. It, it all would work. You are also a part of our football broadcast team, so I mean, I mean, a giant question mark is just floating over my head right now. On oh, why, mine too. On why this was never thought to you know to be made to happen. Once again, beyond my pay grade, unless we just ran out of slots, that could that could just be it. We just didn't have space. In in uh, sure, and in, in in most situations, maybe we're we're just 
a couple of guys, you know, just hem hawing on the radio. Hem hawing. Uh, <laughs> there, there's some there's some truth behind what I'm talking about right here. I just have question marks over my head in general. Um, <laughs> no, I know what it is. We're still three months into our show. They That's said, Hunter, right. you can't leave yet. Can't leave. You're still three months You're in. You're not proven yet. You're still three months in. You've got to hang out with Josh for a little while longer hey, before we that let other you guy? Course. <laughs> uh, Ten seconds, final words. Man, uh, still Masters Sunday. To me, Josh, is the best day of the entire year. Fell on Easter. I thankfully left my phone on Do Not Disturb all day so that I got home to watch the whole thing uninterrupted and did not know who would who would win. And he did that in 20. We'll see you tomorrow.